Paul the Apostle puts it succinctly when he says that no man liveth unto himself and no man dieth unto himself. We are all the product of someone else's work that has ushered us into the place where we stand. Welcome to Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. We invite you to stay tuned for a life-changing word. Hi, welcome to Concepts for Living. We're delighted to come to you from our studios to bring you one more time Concepts for Living. In this particular telecast, I want to be talking from the theme, How the Victory Was Won. And you'll be surprised to know that we really do more together than we do as an individual. Stay tuned. Look at someone and say, this is how the victory was won. Well, some of you may remember that epic Western film of the 60s. Directed by Henry Hathaway, John Ford, and George Marshall. The film was based on those families that departed from the Erie Canal and traveled across the country to California. The title of that film was How the West Was Won. This morning, I want to talk about how victory is won. Our theme as a congregation for this year is based on the biblical numeral 17. 17 is the number that denotes victory. Victory shall be mine, and victory shall be yours. One other illustration that I think will help us to appreciate the truth of this particular passage that I have read. In Seattle, Washington, and many of you, I'm sure, will agree because you have seen it for yourself. In Seattle, Washington, a mountain known as Mount Rainier on a clear day can be visible hundreds of miles away. Its peak rising some 14,410 feet in the air with a white crest of snow upon it. Mount Rainier would appear to be standing alone, majestically, and yet it is not so. For the mountain is not standing alone. 
It may appear that way. But to approach its heights, one must travel through what is known as the foothills. And the foothills, uh, those, uh, 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 the, the, the range of cascaded mountains at the base, at the lower region of Mount Rainier. Which is to say that in a sense, it doesn't stand alone. It stands because it's supported by the foothills. My message today is to somehow help individuals and leaders. And those of us who have responsibility for masses of people. To realize that in the end, even though we stand out in front, we must ever be reminded that it is not that we stand alone, but we got some foothills. Some foothills that give support and strength and access. There are some victories that can never be won by one. But that are only won because of a collective effort. To the extent that that illustration speaks to us this morning. About the foothills in our lives. In our careers. And how we were able to reach the place of prominence and the place of recognition and the place of success. And we tend at times to forget that we really didn't do it by ourselves. In fact, Paul the Apostle puts it succinctly when he says that no man liveth unto himself and no man dieth unto himself we are all the product of someone else's work that has ushered us into the place where we stand like Mount Rainier we do not stand alone we only stand because of what is holding us up there no man is an island. John Donnie was right when he drew attention to the fact that we don't live in isolation and we certainly don't achieve great things as an individual. We are who we are because somebody else made an investment. You may not see them you may not have been there when they opened that door. You may not have been there when they, when they gave you excess because of their influence. Tell them so and so sent you. In the final analysis, it is true that we need one another. 
In this age when individualism seems to be more prominent than the blessing of unified effort. It's important for us to appreciate a passage just like this for our text actually speaks to the issue of the day that seems to be plagued with individualism. As though we are standing alone. Our text pictures for us the very situation of life. Moses is now 80 years old. He's been blessed of God to not only lead the people out of Egypt, but across on a dry bed of the Red Sea. They're now on the other side. And as they are making their way to the promised land, they have various stop-off places. When you would read in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 and 23, you will discover that as they moved out, because the Bible said that God did not let them go on the route that was short, but he took them the long route around. Had he taken them the short route, they would have met the Philistines. And, and God said, I know they couldn't handle them. My God, I'm tempted. I'm going to yield to it. Some of us ought to give God praise and thanks that we didn't get what we asked for. Some of us ought to bless God that he didn't let us go the way that was easy. Someone else needs to say, God, I thank you that you didn't let me go the road that I would have been destroyed had I gone that way. Somebody ought to praise God right now. The three points of this message, the partnership, the positioning, and the perpetuation. Those three words will be developed as you stay tuned, to hear how victory is won. So Moses is old. But God told him, go on. And as God tells him to go on, my text says, that Amalek fought with Israel in Rephidim. Verse 8. Amalek fought with Israel in Rephidim. This happens to be the first battle Israel ever fought. This is a place where Israel had never been before. This is the place where we really see how the battle with Amalek was won. Because Amalek 
means warlike. Amalek means warlike. They were a warring, marauding, nomad, nomadic tribe. Always looking for some fight. Always trying to invade some territory and destroy others. Amalekites. The Amalekites. Warlike. I don't know if you all get what I'm saying. I'm saying, God, if you're going to have me to meet them kind of people, why didn't you let me meet them when I was cocky and young and robust and tricep and bicep and every other sep? Why are you going to wait until God? I'm old. God permits certain things to happen so that when it turns out in the end, you'll know you, did, you didn't do it, but God permits situations to so develop so that in the end, there's no doubt about it. If it had not been for the Lord that was on my side. Come on, somebody. But now we must understand the strategy of warfare. Strategy of warfare here. Clearly, to me at least, requires a partnership. Say partnership. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, let's go homiletically. Let's go into this and, and let's see it. Now, the Bible says to me that Amalek is fighting with, he came out to make war with Israel in Rephidim. You remember that? And Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men. Go fight with Amalek. It's the first time we've heard anything about Joshua. We know he's the son of Nun. We know all of that. We don't even know his mother. Uh, we, we do know that Joshua was the one that he called. He's been in the shadows. But thank God, he's in the tribe. Somebody has been wondering, why am I here? I'm not doing anything. Nobody calls my name. But the day will come when God will say, call Joshua. And the Bible says that Joshua was told by Moses, go and gather men. Watch this. Go and what? Go and choose us. In other words, I'm not going, but you're going. And I'm going to go as you go, but I'm going to stay. Not let us go and choose. You go and choose us or for us, men. Go and fight. 
Why am I belaboring this point? I'm belaboring this point is because the partnership begins by trusting someone implicitly to go and do a task that we have no record ever happened before. This is the first battle. Joshua is the first soldier ever in the history of Israel. And Moses is old. But God has some young around that he can call on. And God leads him to call Joshua. By the way, I, I can't hesitate. I can't, I can't wait to tell you that the same man later was the one that became the head and had Moses' place. But before that, he was Moses' servant. Oh, Jesus. It's very tight right here. That's what's wrong with them people. Those leaders. That's what's wrong with them, particularly the old ones. They got to have everybody serving them. They got, they got, they got to have somebody carrying the bag. And the, thank God I can still carry my bag. I'm saying this morning that the wonderful thing is that we are not finished until God says you're finished. But you must be prepared to change strategy. Because up to this point, everything is God, Moses, God, Moses, God, Moses. God, why you bring us to the sea? You know we can't cross here. What you going to do, God? God answers back. Moses, why are you calling on me? You tell the people to go forward. Lift up your rod and the sea parted. Are you listening to me this morning? I'm saying Joshua was new. Moses is new at it. but they come into partnership. And the Bible tells me, keep reading in there, and you'll see it. It says, you do that, and I'm going to stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Next verse, real quick. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with the Amalekite, with, or with Am Amalek. You got that? He did it. No debate. When people see leadership and they want it out of some personal ambition, they mess up big time. But if you could just follow some orders. Oh boy. I'm intelligent. I'm young. I can think for myself. I don't have to go through any process with him. He's old. He's finished. He's out of here. I don't know why he hang around anyhow. What you don't understand is that God is a God of order. And God is a God of protocol. Long before we came up with the word. And God is the one using Moses now. 
And I give him credit for being willing to develop partnership. In a moment, you're going to see that being a partner, you've got to qualify. Not just anybody. But the blessing is that Joshua showed himself worthy of choice. Because he did what he was asked to do. Oh, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing this. That's the way they did it way back in the 60s. And that's the way. They were this, is, this, is two, uh, this, is 20, this is 2017 now. Is that quiet, God? Ain't no sense in just reading scripture. Because if you just read scripture, all you have is information. But if the Holy Spirit will be permitted to be involved in your reading, you're going to end up having inspiration. And when you get inspiration, then you set yourself up for a revelation. And that's what's happening right now. I hope this message indeed goes around the world. Well, I sincerely trust that you've been blessed as you have heard. Whatever your sphere of endeavor, one, you do more when you have others supporting you. Two, that you will discover how you must be positioned and others around you positioned. And then lastly, there will always be projects. There will always be goals. There will always be endeavors. There will always be visions. But the same God who gave you victory in history is the God who can give you victory in your destiny. So until next time, when we shall come to you with more concepts for living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.